The Living Strong Welcome to the Living Strong Podcast. My name is Kevin Sellers, and uh, this is where we, of course, give you a chance and opportunity to just have conversation about different issues that affect those of us living with multiple sclerosis. And I'm sure many of you have, you know, heard me talk about functional medicine and the benefits and what doctors say. But what better way than to have the doctor herself talk with you and educate you about actually what functional medicine is. Dr. Elizabeth Bradley, thank you so much for joining us. Well, I'm so excited to be invited. Thank you, Kim. Well, you know, let, let's talk because I, every time I say the word functional medicine, People look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what are you talking about? What is it? What is functional medicine? That's a wonderful question. And, you know, I've been trying to uh, use words that are very simple and easy for people to understand because even in the medical world, they're not always familiar with what functional medicine is. So we get back and we address the root cause of disease for each individual and it's an approach which you put a different lens on to patient care that views health and illness as part of the continuum in which all components of the human biology and systems are interrelated and what we try to do is bring that back into balance by using food nutrition as medicine lifestyle and addressing environmental toxins so it's extremely comprehensive and holistic in that sense. So what makes this different from being um, a nutritionist? That's a great question also because I actually am a nutritionist by trade. That's what I did prior to becoming a physician. And so it's actually using nutrition and food as intelligent information to treat the body. Because our body gets these incredible nutrients from food, but more than that. Because we use words like phytonutrients, that's like the beautiful colors that we see when we talk about the rainbow of uh, food. All the different colors give certain intelligent information that's important for inflammation, uh, it's important for cofactors, we call them, for metabolic processes in the body. And, we, you know, you grow up eating food because that's your family needs food, you're hungry, um, your body needs to survive. But we never really think in detail that the actual food items have um, messaging and intelligence within them. Well, let me say this. I, I'm, I must say that I was very lucky, and, and I don't even, I might even use a better word saying blessed that I found out about functional medicine about maybe four or five years ago. Nice. But what I found out was 
what I thought I knew or I understood, I really didn't. You know, and, and I'm saying, you know, speaking of, um, or thinking about different types of lattice. And I mean, is it true the iceberg really has almost no nutritional value? And the greener that um, vegetable is, the better off it is for you. Is that correct? How do these things benefit the body? So when we look at like how we address patients with any chronic illness, I always tell my patients that functional medicine is adjunctive, like it's added value. Um, it doesn't always replace what standardized okay. medicine will be given a patient, but sometimes medications can be reduced. Sometimes medications can be stopped. Sometimes we can put things into remission and keep people healthy as long as possible. So we know, and you probably have learned this in functional medicine, that your immune system, up to 70% of it is within your gut microbiome. So we always start, especially with someone who has an autoimmune disorder of any type, work with the gut microbiome, trying to figure out what is going on in the gut itself in terms of the bacteria, good good or bad, too much of one versus another, and try to provide food, supplements if need be. Supplements are only needed as like, we call it a nutraceutical, which means it's super powerful nutrition in a supplement to bring the body back to balance with the goal of then providing food and nutrition to sustain that. And we have a huge nutrition department um, with our dietitians in our center, and we rely heavily upon them. The physicians know a lot of this, but there's so much more um, detail that the dietitians can offer and more intense treatment that I think is really important for patients as they come through our center. I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit, so please, please forgive me. But, I, you know, what about some of the other doctors? You know, it's, it's very interesting to me when I mention functional medicine to some of them, and they don't seem to be as receptive, I think, as they should. Or is it that they just don't really know about it and they have not bought in? Why do you think there's a little bit of um, skepticism? It's knowledge, information. It's, um, I say there's three camps of physicians. Those that absolutely love us. Mm -hmm. refer to us a lot of neurologists are GI doctors are then there's a group of physicians who absolutely despise us because um, they just say uh, there's not enough research to support it which is why we were brought in to prove the model and then there's those that are in the closet they come to us but they don't tell anyone (laughs) and so I find it fascinating that it's such a new quote unquote approach to medicine. It's been around for 20, 25 years, mm-hmm. but it's still so new that they are skeptical of anything new. And it's not until you show patients are doing better, patients are improving, or patients come to a physician and say, I would like to go to functional medicine. And they're actually asking for the referral. Just an FYI, Tim, I'm so excited today, actually, it was released, um, a whole edition of functional medicine that I was a guest editor for. It's called Clinics of North America. 
and it's in the physical um, medicine and rehab edition. And I have the most phenomenal functional medicine um, physicians and providers write chapters. And one is actually on MS, the Terry Wall. You may know of, of her. Of course, of course. Yeah. And then I have um, wonderful things on intermittent fasting. And I and Mark Hyman wrote a chapter. I have physicians within my center that wrote chapters on mold exposure, on SIBO. So this is going to be so wonderful because there's not a lot of literature and research that uses the term functional medicine. So between you and I, we may know the increased risk of autoimmune disorders when you have a vitamin D deficiency. So there's research out there, there's literature. So in functional medicine, we take that and we incorporate it into our approach along with many other things, but it's not written down that in functional medicine, vitamin D deficiency helps or whatever contributes or helps with um, with autoimmune disorders, but it's in other literature. And this is what's really difficult for physicians who are in academic medicine in particular to understand how we are using evidence-based information within our application of functional medicine. Wow, wow, wow. It's been, it's been a big uh, drive that we've had to like really push forward. Now, will that information be available for us average Joe Blows? Or is that just within the medical um, field for right now? You know, eventually there will be articles that will be, like you could do a, a Google Scholar and be able to access some of this. I don't know at what point it becomes more available. Right now it is, I think you could pay for it, but I think it eventually gets out there because I have seen many of um research and review articles through Clinics of North America that I've been able to access on the regular search. And so um, hopefully it will be able to be out there. And I think some of the individual physicians are also posting it on their site. Give me your five most important um, foods that you think are super important for all of us. It depends on the person, but throw it out there. Anything within the cruciferous group, so like a cabbage or a cauliflower or broccoli. So that's like one category. And why? Because of all the phenomenal anti-cancer components and also feeding the gut microbiome. The other one would be extremely high quality protein. People don't think about, like they, they demonize animal protein and I was all, all going vegan but we forget as we get older our muscle mass diminishes exponentially if we're not actively using our body and to make more protein you need amino acids which is from protein mm-hmm. and it's hard sometimes to get it all from vegetables and we're finding this when we do our nutritional analysis of individuals and especially people who are older if they're really deficient in many amino acids. And it's usually like an egg, for example, is the ideal complete protein that has all the essential amino acids. You can't make all, you know, your amino acids. Right. You have to get it from your diet and they repackage into protein that's used for enzymes in the body mm-hmm. and also for building muscle mass, for example. So a high quality protein is a, a wonderful like 
fatty fish like salmon to me is like an ideal food. Um, wild cod or laxin would be um, perfect, you know, because of the sourcing and also the toxins, the toxicants we call them that are in some of our fish. Another high quality would be olive oil, extra virgin olive oil. Mm -hmm. We're finding this phenomenal for heart disease, but for anti-inflammation, for laboratory. Um, I think nuts would fit into that. A perfect one would either be a walnut um, and or a pecan, once again, because of their nutrients that are in it. And then uh, the anti-inflammatory component, but also the heart health. So one more would be berries. So I would probably put the blueberries or one of the berries with the phytonutrients. The darker, the richer the color, the nutrients that are provided for brain health. And all of the stuff I just mentioned are also ideal for brain health. So when you think about chronic disease prevention, we're thinking of things that affect the major organs in our body. Your heart, your brain, your kidneys, your liver, your eyes. These are all things that we this group of foods in one way or another are going to benefit. And Dr. Mark Hyman um, shared with me, I was one of the um, few patients that really got a chance to meet him right in the beginning when he just got started by his philosophy. And you helped me out and helped me understand, Dr. Brad, if this is correct, but they say no sugar, no alcohol, no dairy, no beans, and I'm missing one. Alcohol. Gluten, maybe. Oh, that's flour, yeah. So, so is that about right? They're all pro, yeah, those are all pro-inflammatory. So if I think of things that, they, we call them in, inflammaging, that's kind of like where people get sick. And that's why you, you will see with COVID, there were so many patients that were already inflamed and they just, we call it, they just need one strike of a, of a match or a flame to like set it on fire. So all of those food items you mentioned contribute to the chronic inflammation that's going on in the body. And you call it inflammaging, huh? Yeah, inflammaging. That's really a newer word that we're using even within our world. And we have to also remember, besides food and nutrition, all the other lifestyle components of meditation, sleep. Um, there's a great book that Kara Fitzgerald, she's a functional medicine practitioner, wrote called The Younger You. And she did a trial of like eight weeks of changing the diet that high good foods that are high for methylation, folate and B12, but she included meditation and exercise and sleep, which is another huge thing. But she was able to um, show in this small trial that she was able to reduce the biological clock, your aging, by like 3.6 years. And so all of a sudden you're seeing, oh, the body responds to multiple things. And this is what we also try to do in functional medicine is bring in daily meditation. It empties, we call it, it empties out the garbage garbage bin in, in the body. It's, it's decreasing inflammation. Mass General had a wonderful study that they did with um, the relaxation response where they were able to show the C-reactive protein, which we all know is a marker of inflammation in the body. We do. They showed the white blood cell immunity response 
improved. So all of these things they were able to show just through this form of meditation. And then gentle exercise and then sleep. Sleep is so important. Our poor society is walking around sleep deprived. It's really bad, actually. So many of our patients. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of us. But absolutely. You know, and I think what I enjoy most about functional medicine is you really, you don't have to be a vegan. No. I'm, to, I'm told that if you do do meat, it needs to be um, no larger than your palm. Mm-hmm. of your hand and I'm not a big fish eater but like I know you mentioned salmon and you know um, I'm different type of fish which is you know I, I, great for the body because of those the omega 3 fatty acids mm-hmm. and you know um, what Kim when we test our patients remember how I talked about vitamin D being low in so many people uh-huh. we test the omegas in patients and I must admit Probably nine out of ten individuals are low in their EPA, DHA, which are omega three fatty acids. And I think I've only had a handful of patients who are really good and normal, either because they were taking supplements, but if they were eating fish, fatty fish, like maybe three times a week, they were able to boost up their levels. But we have so many individuals that don't like fish; they don't eat it that often. They want to be cautious because you know fish also has other things like mercury, but you don't want to have too much fish, but their um, levels are, are not adequate. And it's anti-inflammatory, and you know that, especially with um, any autoimmune disorder. And also it's great for gut healing. People don't think about that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Dr. Hyman talks, um, he's very graphic when he talks about the gut and that you have to really release what goes in must come out. Mm-hmm. And it's a little, you know, a little disgusting, but I guess it's real, and we all have to understand that. So, just real quick, I know you talked about the different foods that we should um, gravitate towards, and we talked about some of the things that we should stay away from. But um, what about some of the things, some of the supplements? Would you recommend any? And supplements, but I'll tell you, it's hard for patients to sometimes stay away from these foods. <laughs> they could do it in their sleep. But you know what I say to all my patients? Use this as a question. How is your body responding? And if they come back and say, absolutely horrible, I'm like, well, then now you get to make a choice. Oh, yeah, I needed you 30 years ago then. Because every time I had a glass, I thought, why oh. or some gin and tonic? My body told me it didn't like it, but I didn't listen. But, you know, we all learn. Um, so is this the way we are going to learn to heal in the future, do you believe? Yes, absolutely. And I really would love more and more any specialty that primary care physicians to learn functional medicine. Because you can apply this in your practice and if you had told me 20 years ago, I would be able to get patients off of insulin who were like two diabetics, having long acting insulin, I would have said, ah, maybe not. But actually we have been able to do that in our center. Highly motivated patients, I must admit, are the ones that I think reap the most benefit because they come in wanting to make changes and they make the change and they feel better. Dr. Elizabeth Bradley, 
with the Cleveland Clinic. Thank you so much for sharing. I know it was short. I oh, wanted more information as well. But we'd love to have you back maybe life. sometime in the future as well. I would love to, Kim. That would be lovely. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Don't forget, you can always go to our website, kimsellersfoundation.org. Pull this up. You can see some of the other podcasts that we've done in the past. And of course, where can you get these? Wherever you get your podcast from. Know that we are there. Alrighty, again, my name is Kim Sellers. This has been another edition of the Living Strong Podcast. Until next time.